y'all. It's Christina, and we are back with Get Lit Arary with Christina Five Coat. So we are going to continue on this journey of my 2020 reading list. I hope you're excited. Um, the first book is The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Massey. Um, I read this one again as part of the Howard County Reads um, committee, and it's a mystery. It's not really, mysteries aren't really my thing, but I decided, okay, whatever, I'll just give it a shot. So I read it, I finished it. Um, it's it's part of like a series, so I didn't continue on with the series after I read this book. But let me tell you, if you're like a feminist and you like mysteries, this might be your thing. Or if you're into like legal type stuff, um, there's so many things that are involved in this book. There's this, uh, you know, arranged marriage sort of kind of thing. There's Muslim women, there's exotic Bombay way back in the day. And this woman, I think her name is Praveen, gets into a relationship. It flips back and forth, right? From like the present time to like her time when she was younger. And she was in a relationship with this guy who turned out to be not so great. Um, I mean, it was like early 1920s-ish, maybe even earlier than that because it, it flips back and forth. Um, and she was in a relationship with this guy and he wasn't so great. And then she decides to, in, to get out of that relationship because she ends up marrying him and it was terrible and goes and gets a law degree in England, right? Because that's the thing that I have learned after reading a lot of like Indian type books and watching movies like that. It's a thing that happens, right? The people over in Asia kind of always, not always, to like they'll go to England to get a degree from wherever, Oxford or something. It's like a you know, it's just not something that people here do, I don't think. I don't know. Who knows what people here do? I'm not in that type of a elite club, so I'm not real sure. Um, but anyway, she goes and get this degree, and she comes back, and it's way back in the day. And she's like Bombay's first female lawyer. But she's not actually a lawyer because she is a woman. And women really aren't allowed to practice law. So it's like all this stuff, right? Um, there's so many things mixed up in it. And she, her, her dad, who's a lawyer, she works for, and she gets this, this guy dies and he's got like multiple wives and they're, they live in um, like, they don't talk to men. They don't leave their living quarters. She has to go there to talk to them um, because, you know, her dad can't because he's a man. Because um, there's this, like, 
her, their husband died and he left, you know, when you, you way back in the day, they didn't have rights. Right. And I don't even know what the things are now, if they have rights or if they don't have rights. Cause I don't know, I don't live there. Um, and I'm not a Muslim. Um, but like they find away all their inheritance from their husband. And so she gets all concerned, like, how are they going to live? Like what's going on? So she just kind of decides that she's going to go investigate. And then it's just like down the rabbit hole from there. Right. There's murder. There's almost like, I don't want to give anything away, but sort of like a runaway slash kidnapping slash just there's so much going on. Hmm. So <laughs> um, if you like that sort of like whodunit slash mystery kind of a thing, then yeah, The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Massey. And I kind of wanted to read it because I'm into this like Hindu Indian kind of, I don't know. It's my, it's, Look, look, it's 2020, and ever since, I would say before, I would definitely say before COVID March, right? Before that, uh, I started getting into, like, Bollywood and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of-ish my jam, but, like, it's just an interest that I have. So that's why I also read it and I liked it because I like learning about that culture and I love Indian food. So there you go. Um, so there again, I, I just want to put my little disclaimer out there. If I'm high, if I'm like messing up people's names, it's not my intention. Um, but let's move on. So you deserve each other by Sarah Hogle. Again, I don't know if that's how you say her name. Um, but You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel is about, so this is like a fun, chiclet, fun read. And so you remember when I said I read The Authenticity Project and how people can't be authentic, and right? So You Deserve Each Other is a fun chiclet read about this couple who are getting married, who... I really feel like you only hear about her side, right? The the future bride's side. You live in her head during this book. And <clears throat> they have been just this like polite couple who are about to get married and she just everything's in her head. She can't stand her fiance. Um, but they're so polite and passive aggressive <clears throat> and they have never been authentic with each other. And so they start to be authentic with each other and it leads to fights and, you know, one up in each other and trying to sabotage their marriage because it's, they're, future wedding, um, because he comes from, like, I guess, like high society and that's not really her life. And he's always been so super perfect. And, uh, <laughs> it's just really cute and really funny. And 
Um, I, I just think that if you're looking for a fun read, it's one of those that's going to kind of pull you in, but at the same time, it's going to be like, this is unrealistic. And I find that to be a common theme with, you know, that chiclet kind of, I don't even know if you would call it chiclet, but it's like a new era of right. It's, I don't know. It's fun. I definitely think that you should hang around to the end because they they get their stuff together. They get their shit together eventually. But I don't think they could have gotten where they end up had they not had this big blowout, right? Because they were never they never really understood each other. And so um I think that's a problem with a lot of people when they get into relationships where you're trying to always be what somebody else wants you to be. And so you're never true to yourself, right? Um, So I think that when they get to talking and when they get really, it's not even talking, it's like fighting. um, They, they, their true selves come out and that's a good thing, you know, because I think that, a lot of the times you kind of like let other people dictate, not necessarily dictate, but sort of who you are. And you're when you're dating, you're trying to impress each other. And then when you true selves come out, like a lot of the times you don't, you try to hide and then people lie and then it just turns out to not be great, a great situation. And I think if people were more honest, it would be helpful. But I know that in real life, that's not always possible because, <clears throat> again, people have all these expectations. Um, and so it makes relationships difficult, right? Because you can't always... Like, I think that that they learned that, but it's a book, right? Book isn't a real life. So that's why I think a lot of people have problems in their relationships because they can't actually say what's on their mind because I think they're worried about what their partner is going to think. And this marriage in this book almost like blew up in their face because they, they, were never true to each other about who they were. So um, again, it's a fun read. Um, I like to read stuff like that. That's that's really like my jam. That's where my mindless reading is always going to be. It's not going to be the mysteries like the Widows of Malabar Hill. It's always going to be like about relationships and fun you know, cutesy stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I like the the happily ever after that, you know, people don't actually get in real life. Um, so hmm, let's, we'll move on. Okay. We're going to move on to um, ask a manager how to navigate clueless colleagues, lunch stealing bosses, and the rest of your life at work by Allison Green. So, she has a blog, and I had learned about this blog from a coworker of mine, Meg. 
and it's askamanager.com, I believe, or it's ask a manager or something. If you just Google ask a manager, I'm sure it will come up. So Allison Green um, is a manager and she writes a blog and all these people would write in about all these different off the wall, crazy situations that they encounter at work. And so she responds with advice on how to deal with these scenarios and to give you a couple of them like one was about literally her boss would steal her lunch and she had a special diet and so she would like hide her lunch in her desk and her boss would literally go in her desk and take her lunch and she's like i have a special diet like what are you doing you're stealing my lunch and then i can't eat because i can't just go to the cafeteria or go out to eat because i can't eat that stuff right and they heard their boss was just like oh but you make such good food and it's like bro you're stealing her lunch so like <coughs> talks about that there's another scenario where um this manager during meetings would pass out tape for people to tape their mouths shut if they said something that the boss thought was stupid. I mean, how crazy is that? Like what? Seriously. So if you, and I'm sure you do, if you have crazy coworkers or, you know, asshole bosses or, you know, just work in general anywhere in the world, because I'm sure that we all encounter all of the things that Allison Green, not even all of them, but at least something that Allison Green talks about in her book and on her blog. I highly recommend, like if you work, if you're a human and you work, get the book, Ask a Manager, or start to read her blog, Allison Green's blog, because she's amazing and it's hilarious and it'll really, I don't, I don't want to say that it'll help you to navigate your work, but it'll make you feel a little bit less alone <laughs> um, in, in the things that you deal with at work. So I cannot recommend this one enough the asking manager how to navigate clueless colleagues lunch stealing bosses and the rest of your life at work by allison green again she's amazing um <clears throat> so i'm gonna move on to we are never meeting in real life by samantha irby i listened to this one so the other one i read the Okay, so the What is the Malabar Hill, I read. The You Deserve Each Other, I read. Ask the Manager, I read. And We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby, I listened to. And um, this is the book. It's that yellow book with the cat on it, that like the little cute little kitten. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. I'm sure you've seen it in the store or wherever on Amazon, wherever you buy your books or at the library. Um, it's yellow. It's got the cute little kitten on it. And it's like, we're never meeting in real life. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's the cover that got me like really it was. And, um, 
so yeah, not because I like cute little kittens. I just, I don't. I just thought that that was, I don't know, something that I needed to read. I didn't even read the cover to like the, you know, the jacket or anything to figure out what it was about, but I read it anyway. Um, and it was about this Samantha Irby, her life really. So part of it I listened to on the way to Pittsburgh, I think, when I went down there um, Mother's Day weekend during COVID um, to see my son and to bury my mom's ashes with her deceased husband. Um, so we, what we did was, because, you know, that costs money to do that. So what we did was we just dug a hole really deep, buried her ashes, and then put flowers on top like we were just planting flowers because <laughs> I think um, that, you know, we couldn't afford to to pay for that. I mean, not that we couldn't, but we just were like, Psh, we'll just dig a hole and bury our ashes because whatever. Anyway, that's a whole other side story. And I got to see my kid. Yay. Because at the time he lived in Pittsburgh. <laughs> um, but okay, so I was listening to this on the way down there. And on the way back, and it's about this woman who, at the start, I think it's just a collection of essays, which is fine, because sometimes I like to just hear little snippets of things. So it's a, a collection of essays that she wrote, and she is like all over the place. There was time when um, she's talking about why she should be the next bachelorette, Um and going through like the application process, which is hilarious, and about her work and about her relationships and about her family. And um, so like, the okay, so she is a lesbian. I don't know, maybe she's a bi, I don't know. I don't know if she's lesbian, like whatever. Um, she likes girls, which is fine. Um, that's her thing. The turn off on that aspect for me because I'm not a lesbian is was uh, the the details <laughs> of some of the things that she would do with girls, and that's not my jam. But the other parts I really like. They're funny. Um, she's very ambitious, I find, in her own way, and um, I really felt like there was a point in time when I felt bad because. She didn't have a great relationship with her parents and I kind of get that. But like at the same time, she was like, I don't know if she was like expected to bury her dad's ashes somewhere, but she took on that responsibility anyway and just did it even though he wasn't like around a lot. And it was kind of like she had like two different, like her dad had like two different or her family had like two different sets of fam like kids and um she was by herself a lot and um she didn't really have family she didn't really as a grown woman and like from a very young age and it was just like i felt really sad for her and i'm sure she didn't want me to feel sad for her i'm sure that's not why she wrote it but i did it was like oh but you know I never had a dad growing up and my mom had recently passed away. And so, I mean, like a year ago in August, 2019. And, and it's just like, you know, I have friends, 
friends that are have like estranged parents or parents that had passed away young. And so they'd had to live without parents for a long time. And I've only had to live without my mom for a year and it sucks. It just, it really does. And I'd never really known my dad. And so I kind of related in that kind of, in that aspect, but she, she like knew who her dad was and I don't know, it's just a little different. Um, and so I was just like, oh, felt sad for her. But anyway, if that's your thing, the We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby is, you know, yeah. So, okay. And I think I'm going to wrap this up because um, I'm going to give you one more. We're at like 20 minutes. So, um, How to Be Fine by Jalenta Greenberg. So um, they, okay, so it's not just Jalenta Greenberg. It's like her and um, this other person. I can't remember her name. Was it Kristen? Somebody. Anyway, they, they, what they did was they lived a year of, um, they, they did, they like, okay, I don't know how to explain this. They read self-help books like Maria Kondo's The Magic of Tidying, uh, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, and that You Were a Badass, and the, the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fat. And, like, there's, like, 50, I think, books or however many that they had read, and they had decided that they were going to live these books for a year. So each week they read a book and they lived the teachings in the book for a year. And they, so like they read all the books and they did all the things and they're telling you what worked for them. That's what this book is. This is the How to Be Fine by Jalanta Greenberg. So How to Be Fine, I think it's because that self-help aspect, they're telling you how to be fine by having already read the books for you and telling you what works and what didn't. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they um, read all these books and they give you their like highlights, I think, of what worked, what didn't work and what you can basically like just throw out with the baby in the bathwater. Um, but I, I, I was like, oh, you read that book. I read that book too. Like the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Okay. At the time, I don't think I read it, but I did at some point after that. Mm. <clears throat> or no, I might have read it and then read another, I don't know, another book like it. I can't remember. I do remember one of the one of the books that they had read that I'd read a way long time ago was Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. And I really super appreciated their take on it because they were like, first of all, this book was written by a man. <laughs> Right. And so they're giving you their, their female take on it as women. And I loved it. I, I, I really liked how they would go through each book and explain to you what they did from the book and what worked and what didn't. And I listened to this book. It was an audio book that I listened to. And I really like the banter, how they go back and forth. Like one will talk and then the other will talk and they go back and forth um, and so it's less like, 
I mean, it could also be kind of like a like a like a book that you can read in sections because you get little snippets from it. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, the How to Be Fine by Jolenta Greenberg is a is a nice book to read if you don't want to read 50 self-help books. They, they've already read them for you and have told you what you need to do to be fine. So um, if, if you like self-help books, read that one because you'll save yourself some time. Um, okay, so that is going to conclude this week's episode of Get Lit Literary with Christina Fivecoat. I hope you enjoyed. Have a lovely week. Bye.